the Center for Movement Theater with Dodi DeSanto. He sounds like he sells fruit in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Or he was murdered by the British government for having sex with Princess Diana. Dodie DeSanto instructs students in her physical approach to acting based on the work of the late Jacques Lecoq. I can only imagine. (laughs) That's your clip of the week. (laughs) Maybe. It's probably Lecoq. Lecoq. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Baskets. Baskets went 40 episodes with four seasons on FX. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Renoir, originally airing January 21st, 2016. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags, with me as always... The boys, Gordo, Nick, Joe, and Ferg. What's going on, guys? Hey, yo. Yo. Hello. The, the Arby's isn't higher clowns. <laughs> oh, oh, on the contrary, they do. You are not a clown. You're not a clown, Chip. That's something that Kelsey and I still say to each other all the time. You're not a clown, Chip. <laughs> so I, I guess just to start there, Baskets, who's seen the show leading into doing this and who hasn't? Never heard of it. I, I think I, I remember us discussing Louis Anderson in this role, but that was it. I've never seen a minute of it until now. I've never seen it either. I've seen all of it. I watched all four seasons. We came to it a little late. We came to it maybe a few months into the first season. Like, I just hadn't heard about it. But then from there, we watched all of it. Yeah, I only rem- I remember the commercials, and they always made me laugh. And then I remember seeing clips of Louis Anderson as the mom. I was like, fuck yeah. I remember the show. I just never watched it. What network was this on? FX. FX. You can tell because it's just like Dave. It does have a Dave feel to it, yeah. Oh, geez. What was... I'm drawing a blank. It's a show we covered. Fucking, um... Always Sunny. The Last Man on Earth. That was Fox, wasn't it? Was that a Fox show? Fox did... Well, FX is Fox. Yeah, I mean, it's the same company. There's a difference, but same owners. Yeah, it it feels a lot like that. I mean, this show is a single-camera style show. It's not like a three-camera, like, classic sitcom. I would also argue that this show is not a sitcom at all. No. It does not feel like a sitcom, I will say that. But we have done The League is FX. It's Always Sunny is FX. So we've done a few FX shows. Yeah, Dave. they're comedies, but they're not. They're, they're shot more like dramas. I mean, are they going through situations? Any Anything is a situation. <laughs> like, Well, then anything's a sitcom. We just opened the doors, boys. This, I would say, is dark comedy. It's definitely a dark comedy. It's a dark comedy for sure. It, and it's dry comedy. You guys saw comedy in this show? Oh, tip your cap too early, guy. Yes, for sure. Dude, I laughed throughout the whole episode. I'll tip mine too. Show's fantastic. There was a scene, and I, again, I've seen this before. There was a scene I did not remember that I laughed so hard at I had to pause, and that happens very rarely with me. I had a, I had one for this too. I wonder if it's the same thing. Gordo, by Gordo's face, it, he did not have any of those moments. Not a single one. I was watching at work with headphones on and like, I just kept laughing. And I know my like coworker had to be like, what's he fucking doing? (laughs) He thought maybe you were a basket case. Maybe. No, he was probably like, why isn't this kid working? (laughs) (laughs) He was like having uh, like a 
peanut allergy shock or something. And we're just trying to get your attention. You're like, ah, he's a clown. <laughs> so yeah, this show co-created by Louis CK. He was like an executive producer for the first two seasons. And then things happened and he had to take himself off the show. But um, he was, he, uh, I think he was also a writer for this episode as well. All right. He's back now. I mean, one of the shows I would love to do that falls in line with this is, I don't know if you guys ever saw Horace and Pete. Never no. heard of that. Horse and Pete? Horace and Pete. Horse or Horace? Are you saying Horace and Pete, right? Horace. Oh, okay. Horace, Horace and, and Pete. Pete? Horace and Pete. Yeah, Horace oh. and Pete. <laughs> Horace and Pete slash brunette Gross. glasses is a J search term. What uh, <laughs> is? What is? Yeah, the Pete. Horace and Pete was like a two-hander that Louis C.K. created and put on his website it never was on a network it was before all this stuff happened but it was him trying to like you know go away from the tv system or whatever but it's about him and his brother steve buscemi who run like an irish bar that was been passed down in their family for years and years and it gets dark and serious it's a lot like baskets but there's a lot of humor in it too laurie metcalf from roseanne is in a season or an episode that and she does like this monologue that is like otherworldly acting it's it's worth watching for sure she really gets around in the, the tv game huh there's a show that i've been meaning to pick that she's in and i've just been like the norm show no um the mccarthy's because that was the guy from happy mary whatever that like left the family the guy who like got the wanted the divorce oh yeah and like ever since then, I was like, "Oh, he's in!" Like he seemed cool in that episode, and I was like, "Oh, let me see what else he's in." And it just every time it's like time to make our picks, just something else comes up, and we get to round out shows a certain way. So I just never get around to it. You know what it is? I have a million picks, and when it comes time to pick it, I fucking draw a blank, and then I Same, have to be yeah. on the spot, and I need to write them down or something. I have a huge list on my phone. Yeah, I have a list. Speaking of that, who picked this show? That'd be me. This is interesting because Ferg, who thinks that our podcast is a game, picked a show he hasn't seen, which is rare for him. Rolling the dice, baby. It is rolling the dice because I will say, i not tipping my hand on this, but knowing all of you my whole lives, I was like, this might not be a Ferg full pass. It doesn't need to be a full pass, just a pass. He just needs three. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I mean, that's what I mean. I mean, a pass enough for three of us, not, not a full five on five, but. I'll say this, as much as it, we talked about how it was shot in the single camera and how it's probably not even a sitcom this was shot beautifully really well done like yeah i'll give you that when i say it's it's got the dave vibes i mean it's shot exactly like dave the, the document exactly like yeah. dave it's very cinematic that's the interesting thing about fx though is like they're a they're like a half a hop away from like hbo yeah yeah, yeah. because they're they're they've always like they're the point of them was that they were just like pushing the network television envelope as far as content and language goes and stuff like that so i feel like in order to be good at those types of things it also has to look good it can't just be a bunch of fucking dirty words and questionable content like it has to look good to be successful and i think they did a good job of it. and you do you get i get hbo vibes from them they're like one exposed penis away from being an hbo show <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah fx it's hbo without the tits ah and the hanging dongs hbo loves the hang dong wouldn't this show be way better if you saw Naked Louis Anderson or Zach Galifianakis' <laughs> penis? Uh, I think it would be better, to be honest. Can't disagree there. Show me Dildo! <laughs> Show me Dildo! <laughs> R.I.P. 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 Penis. So the show starts with multiple exterior shots of Paris, 
to kind of establish the location. And eventually the title tells us that we're in what would translate to the Clown Academy of France. We enter the classroom and we see a man teaching a class on clown theory. And it's like pretty apparent that this class is teaching you about clowns as like the art form. It's not like a clown college, Ringling Brothers, you know, Red Nose, all this stuff. And this stuff gets referenced later, but it's like the like the old art of being a clown in its in its true sense. Who's that like sad crying clown who's like super famous? Oh, I can't think. Palaccio. It begins with a P. Palaccio. Yeah, it's it, it's like that style of like right. that and like mime shit. Like yeah, the sad clown, the opera, yeah, which is the entire basis of the mo- the third act of the movie Dirty Work, one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> I ain't gonna argue with you on that one. Yeah, I'm not going to. I went down the dark rabbit hole of clown college. Realized you missed your calling. No, I didn't because I'm doing a podcast with all of you. Honk <laughs> <laughs> honk. So the. That college that you are referencing, according to clownswithoutborders.org. <laughs> I really love the research you put into this, Gordon. The Del Arte International, located in rural Blue Lake, California, is a research theater training and performance actor creation school. And digging deeper into the clown the second the second uh highest tiered school on this list the center for movement theater with dodi DeSanto, who i guess dodi DeSanto. he sounds like he sells fruit in new york <laughs> <laughs> or he was murdered by the british government for having sex with princess diana so this is a quote dodi DeSanto instructs students in her physical approach to acting Based on the work of the late Jacques Lecoq, I can only imagine. <laughs> That's your clip Stop. of the week. <laughs> Miss DeSanto was a protege of Jacques Lecoq and trained under him in Paris. Can you please spell? I'm sorry, Gordo, I'm sorry to cut you off. Can you please spell the last name? L E C O Q. Maybe. He, it's probably Lecoq. Lecoq. I'm guessing it's Lecoq. Yeah. But apparently he's the, the clown. The King Clown. <laughs> Jacques Lecoq. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he the Mountie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but another interesting clown fact is that clowns that wear white makeup, they are boss clowns. So what you're saying is if you go in white face, you're a boss? Is that what you're trying to tell us, Gordo? You're telling me Doink the Clown was a boss clown? He was a boss clown. Right on. He's also a skinner. R.I.P. Doink. Remember, you guys remember we met Doink and it was... Whoever else, maybe Ray Apollo or somebody was playing Doink, and we overheard him saying, can you please not put my name as Doink in the newspaper? Can you please write D, the amazing wrestling <laughs> clown, so I don't get sued by the WF? It's like, man, what a child killer that moment was. That's when we saw him in Lynn, right? Yeah, no, we saw him at a dog track. <laughs> the dog track in Revere. Yeah. Which, Ferg, if you were fine, you took all our autographs that day that we got from D, the amazing wrestling clown. So if you ever stumble across one that says to Joe, let me know. I don't, ha- I don't have your autograph. If you ever stumble across mine. one that says to Dave. Get it back. Yeah, that, that would be me. <laughs> if I can find it, my it's kind of beat up. If I can find it, I'll try to post it on our stories. But again, it's like this really fancy style of clowning that that he's trying to learn. The teacher's like demonstrating like slipping on a banana peel and like the slide whistle, but he's doing it so straight faced and the way the students are like writing notes. 
When it panned down to him writing French horn question yeah. mark. <laughs> yeah. like, That's oh when we God. meet uh, Chip for the first time, played by Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he has no idea what's going on. He doesn't speak French, but he's in this class. And he's trying his hardest to keep up with everything, but it's just like, it's not going well. And at one point, the professor hands him like a blue handkerchief, and he's like telling him to do something with it. And he just like blows his nose really loudly into it. And everyone was like disgusted. Not <laughs> I kind of thought that fit like a clown type act. Yeah, I thought that was accurate. I thought that worked. Not in France. Unless he wanted him to like pull it. Jerk off? <laughs> no, I, who jerks off like this? It looks like Anyways. you're holding one cock and then the other hand. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, you would know? <laughs> it's, he's pulling one lay cock. It's different. <laughs> Jacques Lecoq strikes again. <laughs> no, but you know, you know the clowns and they pull. The, yeah, we know the, what you mean. Yes. That's more magicians than clowns, though. But he uses one, like, in his act, like, later in the rodeo show, too, so. <laughs> the, the professor, like, basically, he screams something at him. It's all in French, but the only thing you know for sure is that he's calling him Ronald McDonald. Like, Ronald <laughs> yeah. McDonald. It's like, he's a very famous clown. I mean, Yeah, but he's a sellout. You're a McDonald, not a whore. <laughs> There's, like, a transition where the class is, like, frolicking, basically, across the lawn. <laughs> and his uh, his pants fall down and he falls over. Again, great clown stuff. I did that comedy gold. I laughed. <laughs> I laughed so hard at all the stuff that's lowbrow. Like <laughs> his pants fall down. He has a bee in his visor. Like all that stuff made me laugh so fucking hard. Oh, but you fucking roll your eyes with a fart. I'm not into fart humor either. We've gone over it. I don't know what it is, but it just it doesn't do it for me either. Chip catches up with his professor after class and he tells him that he's really struggling because he doesn't speak French. But he's really hoping that he can get tutored in English because being a clown is the most important thing in the world to him. And the professor just, like, looks off and walks away. He doesn't even dignify him with an answer. <laughs> I don't think the professor speaks English. Yeah, I mean, I guess we don't know that, right? Yeah, they never... They kind of break the world here because you assume there's that, but then when he goes to the restaurant, the waiter speaks English. Yeah. Most of the world outside of our country is really good about having a second language. We're the ones that are terrible. We fucked that up. We fucked up trains. America's the worst. You're the worst. I, I am American, so there it is. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I don't have good trains, and I can't speak two languages. So the next scene, Chip's at a nice restaurant, like on a date with this woman who we find out her name's Penelope. Penelope. And he's looking at... No, fuck that movie. And he tells him... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Are you going to elaborate for our listeners? I thought we've talked about this before. No, we talked about the other movie you didn't get invited to. No, I couldn't. Well, I guess to catch up real quick, if we haven't told the story, when we were, I don't know, 18 years ago or so, I was 17 and oh, so almost 20 years ago. Jeez. Um, so almost 20 years ago, we're on our way to see a movie. We see some cop cars. We're on our way to see Club Dread, which is where Penelope comes from. Fantastic movie. I wouldn't know. Well, I eventually saw it. But as we're driving to go to the movies, we see some cop cars pulled aside and a friend of ours and someone else. And it looks like there had been a fight. And um, I'm much younger and a little bit of a hothead. And I got out of the car and I started yelling a bunch of stuff at the other kid. And somehow this results in not the two people who were just in a fight, but me getting arrested. So then while I'm in jail, all my friends went to the movies. <laughs> yeah, we were like, okay, let's just go to the movies now, I guess. I mean, what else were they going to do? First of all, you said, I was younger, I was a hothead. You would do the same exact thing now. No, yeah. not Yes, not you now. would. Yeah. I 
You're the same hothead you were then. I can be a hothead, but I don't think I, I have a little bit more situational awareness. <laughs> Didn't you get in trouble at work for being a hothead? I get in trouble everywhere for being a hothead. That's our point. Yes, <laughs> nothing has changed. But when you when you were in jail, when you got locked up, didn't they take your glasses away and then give you a newspaper to read? <laughs> they took your glasses and gave you a newspaper. When you're arrested, they take they have to take your shoes and your glasses, anything that you could potentially harm yourself with. <laughs> and then they like slid me a newspaper, and it's like my prescription is so strong. Like I, I can't read that. I remember at one point to to end this story though. There's like the speaker on the wall and I'm so bored that I'm like up against it, just counting the holes on the speaker. <laughs> and like, I get yelled at to sit down and it blew me back. Did you see Jay on the security camera in the cell trying to read the paper? Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm not going to laugh at that. I would be the exact same way. I can't see shit without my glasses. So I understand. You know, a few hours later. So I forget how long I was in there. I wasn't overnight or anything like that, but I eventually got out. Disturbing the peace is what they got me for. Which is a felony, I think, right? It's on your record now forever. I got put, no, I got put on a pre-trial probation. And basically. Which is why Jay now has a disturbing the peace tramp stamp tattoo. <laughs> um, it was, uh, the, the way that worked was I was 17. And the, basically what happens is the judge says, come back in three months. If you don't get in any trouble in three months, we'll erase it from your record. And that's basically what happened. So to get back into this, <laughs> Chip's on a date with. Penelope at this nice restaurant and he tells the waiter that he would like to order the number 57 and then he's informed that that's the price not the number of the meal <laughs> so he's like oh um then I'll have the number four please like the carrot <laughs> yes that's an expensive <laughs> carrot a four dollar carrot it's a it's a nice restaurant I was expecting like a plate of carrots to come out and it really was just a single like mini carrot <laughs> he gave him like a Bugs Bunny dinner Despite the fact that Penelope later kind of just said that she's only on this date for the free food, she didn't order anything. She had like a drink, but she didn't order any food. Well, the cut in with him ordering, she may have already ordered. Well, True. we'll get into I was going to mention it later, but that carrot ends up getting served to him like in 10 seconds. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's raw. Funnier. It's not even cooked. You don't have to prepare it. Yeah, there's like a there's like an art to the waiting. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to like wait a minute and then you get you don't just like, here's the carrot. You ordered 10 seconds ago. As someone who waited two hours for a meatball he didn't get, I'm okay with it. Chip tells her that he's flunking out of clown school, and he doesn't, I, he feels like they don't really get him here. He pulls a ring out, and he asks her to marry him. And it's kind of silent, and he's like, are you thinking about it? <laughs> She's like, barely. <laughs> and <laughs> then he informs her that he needs to move back to Bakersfield, California. And then she's like, oh, okay, then I'll marry you then. And he's excited, but she's like, well, just so we're clear, like, I'm not attracted to you in any way. I'm only doing this for my green card. Yeah. And as soon as I find a man that I'm more attracted to, I will leave you for him. Meanwhile, he's just dumping salt on a rock. Every- About a <laughs> cup of salt <laughs> on a single so much so salt. long, I was dying. Yeah. But, but you know what? I respect her honesty, at least. It's not like, yeah. uh, like her secret plan. Yeah, like, you, she is so mean to him the whole episode, but also she's very frank with him, so you can't. Like, be that mad at her for it. Yeah, you get what her character is right away. So even later on, when she does stuff that you'd be like, oh, this is depressing for Chip. No, I just get mad at Chip. Yeah, she she never said it was anything other than what it is. And this is what he, probably not what he wants, but what he's okay with living with. Joe, do they ever get into how those two met? I don't think so. Yeah, I thought that was weird that they just were together. Like, this girl who's clearly, I mean, she's a miserable, horrible person, but, like, she's also physically way out of his league i didn't know how they explained that ever 
Yeah, I mean, they may have. I never rewatched it. I watched it as it was new. So the first season was ten, seven years ago or whatever now. But I don't re- I don't remember there being anything that stuck out about like how they met. I think it was just sort of left as like he was there and he met somebody. And I think that you're maybe led to believe that because she wants to go to America, she saw an American guy and that was like enough to get her to at least talk to him. And he's buying her meals and shit. It's simping, you know. From there, we get to the, the next scene, which is now that he's moved back. And you see him interviewing for a job as a rodeo clown. And the guy that's interviewing him is like this 80-year-old dude named Eddie. And he was so believable. <laughs> he was like <laughs> so good in this role. He has to be a real person who's lived that real life. Because he's got like five acting credits total. And they started in 2011. I, I looked up the same thing. Because I was like, I bet he's not even an actor. Like he was so good that I thought he was just a real cowboy. <laughs> they just plucked him out of whatever rodeo. Right, or, like, you'd expect him to be, like, a cowboy actor from, like, 50 years ago, right? Where you, like, pull, he was doing, like, B-Western movies in the 60s, and, like, he didn't do a bunch of work, and they pulled him out, but it's not. He's just, like, a real, probably a real yeah, cowboy. Yeah, he, he only did a few things. One of them was, like, creepy guy. <laughs> like, it wasn't even, like, he had anything Like, starting him. recently. Yeah. I will note, too, I do appreciate that the rodeo arena they flash to is called the Buckaroo Arena, which the go. most famous thing about Bakersfield, California is Buck Owens. Oh, okay. And Buck Owens' band was the Buckaroos. So even to this day, if you go into Bakersfield, there's still a giant like hotel, restaurant, music venue uh, called Buck Owens Crystal Palace. Like it's the biggest thing about Bakersfield is the Bakersfield sound, which was a style of country that was like Buck Owens, Merle Haggard, Bonnie Owens. Okay, um, interesting. When um, Eddie is going over his resume, he sees that his name is Chip Baskets. And he's like, "Oh, what a perfect name for a clown! Baskets the clown." It's a good clown name. It is, but he he says, no, that's my real name. I already have a clown name picked out. It's Renoir. (laughs) It's one of the stupid things that made me crack up, too. He's like, I'm Renoir the clown. (laughs) But Renoir is very, like, of what we were talking about earlier, that classic, original, like, French style of clown. Like, he, he is a real, like, even though he failed in the class, he seems to be like a student of the art. Which he's bringing to a rodeo clown atmosphere. At this point, too, I immediately was like, Gordo hates this show, but when Eddie picks up his coffee out of the giant toilet mug, I was like, does Gordo have one of these, or did he immediately Amazon one? I thought the same thing when he started drinking from that. I had an ashtray from Florida. Oh, to put your butts in. I was going to say, to just say, rest your butts here. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, Now, speaking of that, what would be your clown name if you had to pick a clown name? Mine's easy, Jozo. I was okay. gonna say, I was gonna say Jabo. <laughs> Jabo works. Yeah, Jabo works. I don't know. Pick mine, Nickbo. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'll. Uh, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna ask AI. Give me a name for a clown for a man named Nick and uh, Nick the Trickster, Nifty Nick, <laughs> Nosy Nick, Nick Nicky Noodle, Nutty Nick, Nick the Juggler, Nick the Clownfish, Nicky the Gesture. Nick the funny man, Nico laughs. I like Nicky Noodle. Nico laughs. I like that. Yeah. Nico laughs sounds like a clown. Nicky Noodle sounds like a mob hitman. <laughs> <laughs> Nicky yeah. Noodles. Nico laughs might be the best one. I do like um, Nifty Nick as well. Mm. Mm. Nifty Nick. Ferg, what would yours be? I've been trying to think since we started, which is why I've been silent and nothing's coming. So, uh, Fergzo, the clown. I mean, Ferg itself is a good clown name. I know, it's not like Ferg's the most common name in the <laughs> right. world. Freddy Booger. 
<laughs> I mean, I could try to ask it again with uh, the name Ferg. The first thing is Ferg the Fool. Okay. I don't want to go over all of them. I'll just try to find um, a few good ones. Fergie Mick laughs a lot. <laughs> I like it. He's an Irish clown. Fergal Rama. Fergal's the clown. <laughs> Fergal's work. I think yeah. Fergal's. I think Fergal's yeah, is the Fergal's way to go. Probably gonna be the one. Yeah, we'll go with Fergal's then. And Gordo, yours. I'd be Spackles. <laughs> Everyone else was based on their name. And he's, he's I really thought about it. Yeah, I feel like you put a lot of effort into this. And why, after the thought, how did you get to Spackles? Uh, I was going through my head and I was like, Sparkles. I... <laughs> you started in Sparkles? You started in Sparkles. <laughs> because I did a deep dive on clowns and it said to either pick an emotion or pick something zany or pick a action. Okay, but. That doesn't apply to any of them. I like that sparkles is your emotion. Like you're fighting with your wife and you're like, I am so sparkles right now. And she's like, oh shit. You know, it's serious. Sparkling sparkles. And then I was looking at my wall that had spackle and I went spackles the clown. That sounds like a good name. All right, then. (laughs) Okay. uh, I'm going to be door the clown or uh, (laughs) cabinet the clown. Now entering the arena, chipped paint the clown. <laughs> I think Gordo should be lead paint, ingested lead paint the clown. That seems to make most sense as to what's been happening. All right, so we're Spackles, Jozo, Nicky Noodle, Fergles, and OJ? Uh, J-Bo. J-Bo. One of our football coaches used to call me that when we were younger. Did one of our coaches, the coaches also call you the gagger, which now hey, as an yeah, adult yeah. is way funnier. He also called me shark meat. Oh. Shark meat. <laughs> he called me Flash Gordon. He also said I'd rather not. <laughs> I always just got the hey furlong. How long's the furlong? We we talked about this on a past episode, but just for context, uh, Gordo once told that same gym teacher to suck it, and he said I'd rather not. <laughs> to be fair, good answer. Yeah. Yeah. Great answer. So Eddie tells him he he can't have no clown named rainwater he's like your baskets baskets the clown you know how many clowns end up in a basket that's the most perfect clown name i ever heard (laughs) and uh he gives him the job and chip's like shocked and excited but really eddie's like no i'll give the job to anyone who walks through that door he's like the pace sucks everyone quits he's like you're probably gonna quit four dollars an hour he's like trying to get him to quit on the spot he doesn't do you want someone to take the job he seems to involve himself with everybody who's overtly honest and also shitty. So now we cut to like rodeo day and we see shots of Chip putting his clown makeup on. And again, it's like that, for context, it's that more classic style. I don't know how to describe it quite right, but it's kind of like a white face. Yeah, it's more of a mime paint job than it is a right, clown Yeah, paint it's job. not like the red nose, like blue triangles on your face. It's not what you would think of as a typical like party clown. Right, a serious, sad French clown. It's like that guy that, that does the singing uh, puddles on Instagram. I don't know if you guys have ever seen him. I actually feel like I know what you're talking about. He like know. sings operatic like covers of like popular songs. Does he pee okay. himself at the end? No, not that why I know he, of. Why is he puddles? I don't know. He was in his room and he looked over and he saw a little <laughs> puddle on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spackle was already taken, so he had to call himself something. Good thing you didn't fill that hole with caulking. 
Then I'd be Jacques Lecoq. There you go. I'd rather not. <laughs> so another clown has walked in and he's telling them while he's while um Baskets is getting his makeup ready. He's like, hurry up, we gotta go. And you get this montage of him running out like is it a what do you call that? A track? Or what, like what is that? A the ring. inner area of a rodeo. A ring? Yeah, I think it's a ring. Okay. A ring. And it's just shots of him running around, like with the bull, and apparently that was all real. Did you see that he did his own stunts in the bull ring? I, it looked real. I yeah. was wondering yeah. it, but it, yeah. I, was, I said that I was like, it's either Zach Galifianakis or he has a brother, like an actual twin, who Seth. is a stunt man because it is so spot on. So I watched it first, and when I watched it, I was like, this looks real, like real good. Like if they got a stunt guy, they they shot around it really well. But then I read up after that he did all his own stunts in that area, which like that's so dangerous. Hey, man, Johnny Knoxville did it twice. But it's, like, their objective to get hurt. Like, for a show <laughs> like this, the idea of putting your main actor in a bull ring and potentially getting him, like, mangled, like, it's going to disrupt the whole show. That's a lot of insurance waivers I'm sure we're signed to. Yeah. I wonder if they, like, drugged the bull so it was less aggressive or something. Because... Or just they have it so trained to follow something off to yeah. the side that you can't see. But, yeah, I was I was surprised to see that. I will say this, though. I looked up how frequent it is that people, like, rodeo clowns are killed by bulls. It is very, very rare. If you look up, like, the death of a lot of rodeo clowns, I looked up a bunch of them, and it was, like... Suicide? For example, Spackles, close to that, I was like, Spackles died of a heart attack at 82, or, like, you know, this guy died. Yeah. It's like, this guy died. I click onto it. It's like, in a car accident at 57 or whatever, like... It's very rare that a rodeo clown actually gets killed. It seems like the only people who really get killed by bulls are the fucking idiots who do the running of the bulls after drinking all day and, of course, get stomped to death by bulls, right? Like, so I think that because you have a team of clowns, like, it's not just one person out there, and the whole point is to distract, that, like, even if it goes after one, your job is to then distract. Yeah, they're also very, I mean, they're clowns, right? So you don't really think about it as, uh, you know something you need a lot of training for but it they're like very well trained like they they're also heavily padded like they're not out there in just a clown suit you know what i mean they're wearing football pads underneath those they're like trained to be like across the arena from the ball like distract and then jump on the thing and climb up yeah where he (laughs) just does his act like normal in the middle of the the big magnifying glass (laughs) i like when he he hopped up on that tall rail and then the other clowns on the other side he's like you need to step it up He's like, what do they teach you in France anyways? He's like, I don't know. I don't speak French. (laughs) (laughs) So he gives him the t-shirt gun. And then when he has a t-shirt gun, first off, first he shoots a guy who's just looking on. And that made me die because I I didn't see it coming. (laughs) And then the second shot was him running from a bull, like shooting at it to get away. (laughs) Like that was probably like my favorite, like quick scene of the entire episode. Also, the most low-powered t-shirt guns of all time, because you see some of those t-shirt cannons at, like, NASCAR events, whatever, and it's like, I mean, that's how Mod Simpson was killed. They, you can adjust them. They have, a, they have like, a thing on, well, some of them have a thing to adjust the pressure, so if you want to go to the balcony or the lower levels, you know, you can adjust it as such. I wish I had the Bad Blaster from Johnny B. Bad that does the exact same amount of pressure, but just shoots glitter and little dollar bills. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you think that you need a license to get a t-shirt cannon? Probably not. But, I'm going to go uh, see if I can buy a t-shirt cannon on Amazon right now. It's probably, yeah, it's no different than like a paintball gun, right? It's just like probably CO2. I'm currently sitting in a state where if I wanted to, I could drive two minutes and buy a rifle or a shotgun with no background checks and just be like, and a box of ammo, please, and walk out the door. So I'm pretty sure. You can buy 
a t-shirt launcher. Um, and Jay, you're right. It just come, You just need to hook up one of those paintball CO2 canisters to it. But guess how much they are? Unnecessarily expensive. Yeah, eight hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah. I was gonna go way over, so I'm glad I didn't guess. You know why though? Because they know. Like, I'm not going to buy one because I don't need one for home use. The only people who right, buy yeah. them are, like, big companies, so you could jack up the price. Or you could get the Bleacher Reacher Pro for $1,700. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have to crowdfund that one. So, yeah. yeah. We got to get our S1E1 t-shirts to people somehow. Yeah. Imagine going to an event with your, with your own t-shirt gun and just sitting in the crowd and shooting other areas. Also, why is it so much funnier when things like that rhyme? Like Bleacher Reacher, right? that's stupidly funny, yeah. and it shouldn't be. I recently found out there's a website that maps all of the massage parlors that you can get a handjob at, and it's called Rubhub. And I <laughs> lost like five minutes of my life laughing knowing that existed. If they called it like Handjob Locator, I wouldn't have laughed at all. But Rubhub yeah. was, it really hit the spot. How's it looking in your area? Good? Not a lot of friction. Yeah. <laughs> now we see the next morning and he's in a room at like this extended stay hotel and he gets a call from penelope who's his fiance i guess and she's staying at a much nicer place are, are we to assume that he's paying for her stay as well because he has no money yeah. i actually assume that they already got married and were divorced because they're set in separate places. I figured they'd be together until she got the green card after their marriage, and then she'd be like, pay for my hotel. They, it says six months later, I believe, when they switched to Bakersfield, California. Did it say that? I didn't even catch it that. It did, yeah. 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 So no way that she's getting a green card and they're getting married yeah, in it takes six time. months. Well, if 90 Day Fiance is to tell us True. anything. Well, you can get married in that time, but you won't get the green card and all that yeah stuff. you need to wait three years for that i believe he's basically living right now in, in every hotel that anybody ever goes to on the show cops <laughs> like, yeah anytime there's like a hotel room on fire from a drug deal gone wrong or like a domestic violence thing on cops that looks exactly like where chip lives kind of like uh my name is earl too where they stayed there yep. well shall we covered forever ago now my god it really was a long time ago wasn't that in a single digits uh, no, not that early, but a while back. Hey, that's another Ferg pick, by the way. Champ. The reason she's calling him is because she needs $40 for HBO. <laughs> and in that conversation is when we learn that he's only making $4 an hour. She asks, well, why don't you get a job at, like, Arby's? He's like, well, they're not hiring clowns. <laughs> she's like, well, you're not a clown. <laughs> you're not a clown, you're Chip. Not a and his response is like, why do you hurt me so? <laughs> it's like my favorite line. There's a weird part of the scene here, too, where it's not supposed to be a gag, but, like, go back and rewatch it. He ha There's a, uh, like, a ring, like, a telephone on the bed, and it's, like, a, a dial phone. And the way it's shot, it looks like the phone is, like, three times bigger than his head, where at first I was like, does he have, like, a funny clown prop phone in his room? But I think <laughs> it's supposed to just be like, oh, it's a shitty motel with an old phone. But they yeah. shoot it in a weird way where it looks like it's, like, a huge weird joke perspective, phone. yeah. Yeah. This was also when the maid walks in and she's coming in as he's yelling about like, I am a clown. <laughs> and she's trying to like go through his stuff and like clean up while he's in the room. Does this happen at places? I thought like they can't come in while you're inside. No, but they're not supposed to, but I've definitely been, we stayed at a hotel once like a couple of years ago and they were like, there's no maid service on Saturday or whatever they said. Right. So like, you don't have to put the thing out or whatever. 
and we like went out to get coffee or whatever we came back and we like watched the woman like unlocking the door and walking in and we had to be like yo whoa 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 because like we didn't put anything away or like you know all our stuff was out because they just told us flat out there wasn't gonna be anybody there i don't know how often you guys stay in hotels i know it's usually airbnbs but for work i stayed in a lot of hotels and after covid they essentially stopped maid service uh, like nationwide well, yeah they just don't do they must have fired hundreds of thousands of maids across the country after covid because they realized they don't need turn down service every single day I've never stayed in a hotel long enough that I felt like there should be someone there to change things while I'm still there. Yeah, like it's it's like yeah. How often do you need your bed made? Like you did right. that, like you don't do that regularly. Why do I need that while I'm away? Because it's a treat, and you know what? I want my bed made every single night. No, I don't want them fucking with my stuff. That's my thing. Is I'd rather people just not be in the room while my yeah, stuff's right. in it. So Same. I know, Gordo. I agree. It's. It's nice to have your bed made. Like, it is nice to walk into that because I don't make my bed, but, like, not, like, consistently like that. It's not even about making your bed. Like, I make the bed in the morning, but I don't change my sheets every single day. Same, yeah. I make the bed every morning, but I change the sheets, not weekly. All you'd really need is you'd need just a basket outside your door that just you put your towel, dirty towels in, and they see that, and they put the same amount of towels out front. Boom. Trash is the one thing I always find is hard to hotel because they give you those tiny little trash cans. So if you go get food or something, or if you had like a six pack or whatever, like you fill that trash can up very quickly. And then all of a sudden you have like a total degenerate because you fill up the trash can. So then all of a sudden the bathroom has like a pizza box and nine beers in it. And you're like, oh, I don't like how that looks in the bathroom at all. Right throw it now, off but... the balcony. <laughs> when we were younger, there'd be a time where like either the tub or the sink was the cooler. So you always had to figure something out. So then if you had to all shower, you had to like relocate everything and then refill the tub. And we would steal the like the trash barrel from the lot, like from the hallways near the elevator and fill that completely with ice and then fill that into the tub a few times. Because again, the baskets are so small and we're trying to fill a whole tub and then use that as a cooler. Like that's more for like party scenario, not a regular vacation. Once I got older, uh, I know this sounds this is gonna sound gnarly, but like the best place to keep you can keep like five beers ice cold is you pour some ice into the top tank of the toilet and you float the beers in there because Ew. only clean water comes into it and the water's cold. Nothing goes into the top tank. No, there's poop by osmosis. There's not poop by there's more poop by osmosis in the tub that's floating in the air and then comes down than in the lidded top tank of the toilet. Not if you upper deck the toilet. That's well, true. that's a different scenario, Gordo. Please don't upper deck a toilet ever. I've done it before. Too little, too I'm late. sure you have. You should never upper deck a toilet with poop. The only way to upper deck a toilet is to pour in the packets of Kraft macaroni and cheese so that once somebody flushes it, just cheese water comes <laughs> no, down. That just ruins the toilet. You can it's the, the poop funniest out. thing in the world. Though. They both ruin the toilet. Have you done that, Joe? Yes, I have. <laughs> I have a few things that I used to do at parties because we used to go and we would like, you could like, I wouldn't even call it sneak in, right? But you'd be like out in the city and there'd be college parties all the time, right? So you just walk into a party and the game was usually like, you go in, hang out as long as you can, take as many beers as you can, and then like get out of there before there's a racket. These were usually interrupted when somebody would like let in stray dogs or somebody would be like, why are there a bunch of punk kids in this like BU fucking frat boy party? And then like maybe a fight would happen, you'd have to leave. Some great things you can do. Those kids always have Kraft macaroni and cheese. You put the packets in the top tank. Always funny. 
uh, butter in the fridge, you take out and you put it all over the floor in front of the fridge so that when some drunk girl in high heels walks by to get a beer, she will eat it immediately. And then the long game trick is if they have uh, like thin powdered like confectioner sugar, you go and put it in everybody's bed and then you just like spread it out so you really can't tell it's in there. And you don't get to see the fruits of this labor, but that shit, when you sleep and you sweat, it'll open up your pores and then get into your pores. And then the next day you will sweat sugar water and you'll have no idea why. <laughs> That's an so evil thing to weird. do that you don't get to. Again, we we're all shitheads when we were kids, right? But I feel like this is meaner than a lot of the stuff that I did at parties. I don't think it is. You guys told me, I think it was like two weeks ago that I was the meanest person. You're doing that to complete strangers. Yeah, so Joe's story is he breaks into parties that he wasn't invited to, and then before and then before they go, hey, why are you here? They, he destroys their house. <laughs> and, <laughs> and steals their beer. He looks up and there's like a band that's just like two years of like free of cancer and like party like <laughs> there's just that asshole. Look at Banner Michael. So the next scene you see him out for a ride in his scooter, and that's when a bee gets into like the helmet. Like he has like a <laughs> shield mask over the helmet, and it and it causes him to crash. <laughs> and like the way that it played out was like it was, it was very funny watching him trying to like get around it. I think the outcome was very like what would you have done in the situation, right? The funniest part of this to me is not the fir- the actual crash. It's that he is driving this thing and really gets himself to almost crash by going pretty fast and then skidding yeah. across a whole yeah. lane with one foot out. That was like scary to watch, but very funny. And then after he crashes, it flashes forward a little bit. and We see the insurance adjuster, Martha, who's out there with them, like taking pictures of everything. And she says, like, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to replace all the parts for it we may have to just get you a refurbished scooter and he's like no this is from france like they make scooters better there so i want this one back she's like well with all due respect we actually make some pretty good scooters here in america it's like what are you lee greenwood (laughs) that is the low-key funniest reference in the entire episode i think if you're unaware of like lee greenwood he's like they're like proud to be like i'm proud to be an american well, at least I know, I know I'm, I'm free. free. <laughs> God bless the USA. That dude is the person who profited the most 9/11. over 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, not trying to be like weird to bring up 9-11, but like 9-11 happened and that dude was like, I will just take all these checks, please. Thank you. Yeah, because I think that was like the unofficial like theme after 9-11 was that song. That dude cashed in. Yeah, he made more money than all of the companies who knew that it was going to happen and shorted their stocks the day before. <laughs> so I want to get into like the Martha character a little bit. Um, how would you best describe it? She's super monotone. She's like from Napoleon Dynamite. Very much from Napoleon yeah. Dynamite. Yeah. Her, she has like a little bit of a quirkiness to her, like that the same way that we see like Jess and New Girl, but like in a much drier, like older... Um, she's probably in what her like low forties. Yeah, I'd say she's in her forties. And um, yeah, very very monotone. Napoleon Dynamite, like that is definitely the vibe of 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 her character for sure. I do love her though. She is so funny in this show. She just unexplainably has a cast on for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it never goes away too through the entire series. I think she gets oh. it off for like two seconds and then breaks her arm again immediately. Oh, okay. So she's right back into the cast. But over the course of like four years, she offers to give him a ride. 
And in the car, he's like, he's telling her how he needs $40. And she's like, well, maybe my niece and nephew might have it. <laughs> They're like six and seven. Like, what a weird, <laughs> like, you think that she's going to be like the grounded character next to him, but she's, her brain is off yeah, also. Like, too, yeah. She's the best part. Also, I didn't know much about her when this show came out. She's a comedian, mostly, and she's done a bunch of acting and stuff now. This is only the second thing she ever did in acting, but she was, like, best comedian voted in, like, Austin in, like, two th- the year 2000 or whatever. So she's been around for a while. But she did, like, a pretty long interview with Mark Marin, where she honestly seems and talks and acts pretty much like this. Where, like, it doesn't seem that. like she's acting, and that makes it even better, you know? And he asked her to pull into a, a drive-thru. I forget the name of the chain or whatever it was. I looked it up because I was like, is this a real chain? And it's not, but there is a restaurant with the same name in North Hollywood. What was it called again? Que Ricos. Okay. (laughs) When they pull up, he asked her to order him a tangerine Fanta and they don't have that. Does that even exist? I think that's just the regular orange one. I I tried looking it up to see if there's like discontinued flavors because the next thing he asked for when they said no was tab, then Pepsi lime. And he's like, I'll have a Coke. No, he said when he asked for Pepsi lime, they say we only have Coke, and he asked newer classic. Like new, Coke, <laughs> new Coke came and went, and then they, they land on Schweppes, and he can't hear them, and it's just like this back and forth, like, then she says it, Schweppes. he says it, they both say it at the same time, and then he's just like, Schweppes! <laughs> like, screams into the, into the thing. That was the big thing in the commercial before yep. the show came out that, like, got me to watch it. And then, this is such a weird thing, but... Like, maybe a month or two after this happened, there was a plane, like, a terrorist attack plane that exploded. It was, like, a Russian plane. Like, a terrible tragedy, right? Like, every other plane died or whatever. And it was a, it was a soda can bomb. And it was, like, right after we had just started watching Baskets. And, like, everywhere in the news, they just kept showing this can of, like, Schweppes gold. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was Schweppes. so yeah. upset. And I was like, first of all, this is very bad branding for Schweppes. Oh, yeah. But every time I watched the news, they're like, can you believe what that bomb was? Just sitting watching the news being like, what? I could not do it. An interesting soda fact I read recently. Joe might be interested in this. So, you know, you're familiar with, like, the Mexican Coke that's made with... Oh, yeah, about all the time. So, it's very sought after because it does taste better. I don't really notice the difference, if I'm being completely honest, but... I will say the Coke one, you can tell the difference. The Pepsi one, a little less. But right, or I guess in the past two weeks or so, during Passover, Jewish people aren't allowed to have corn, right? So they remove the corn syrup and Coca-Cola releases like in mass Coke that has natural cane sugar in it, which is not the more expensive Mexican bottled yeah. Coke. It's the regular price. It just has a yellow cap on it. So I guess people go out during Passover and like stock up on this natural sugar Coke. I've done it before too. Yeah. 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 You always, if you see, ever see Coke with a yellow cap that only comes in two liters. But if you're ever in the grocery store around April and you see Coke yeah. with a yellow cap, buy one because it's really good. And Mexican Coke is super expensive. I thought that was interesting, yeah. i seen green caps. What does that mean? Boogers. Oh, no. Boogers in my Coke. <laughs> I think I'm a Pepsi guy. When I got, when I had COVID last year, like, I don't know, everyone here has had COVID, right? So I don't know if anybody else had this. I'm from Bacordo. I don't know if you guys had, like, crazy cravings or anything. Like, I couldn't really taste anything except for soda, weirdly. So I would drink one soda a day because it was the only thing I could taste. And then I got it in my head that I really wanted glass bottle Pepsi because you can get Mexican glass bottle Pepsi too. And the bottles look like super old st- like style, right? And I went everywhere I could. I ended up spending like $170 because it's so expensive to ship glass cases of soda from Mexico or whatever. Well, yeah, it's heavy. 
it's heavy, right? Like I got why. And then all of a sudden I got a notification in my door from UPS that was like, we're sorry, but <laughs> we found a package for you and there was damage and we're going to deliver like what's left of it the next day. <laughs> got a package of glass and like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I'll keep going. So then I ordered, it was like 36 bottles of Pepsi. I ended up getting like 14, maybe. Do you get a full refund though? At least. I got refunded back for what they broke. They like they have to log it, I'm guessing, at UPS enough that like they don't think you're just being a dickhead or whatever. But what they did was they repackaged it themselves at UPS and put it back in the box and retaped it with like packing materials or whatever. But what I didn't realize when they were doing that was there was broken glass in there. And their job isn't to like rinse off these Pepsi bottles and make oh, sure yeah. they're clean. Right. So like I have one and I pour it into a glass with ice. I have COVID. I don't want to drink a lot of them because I want to like have it when I can really taste again. And then like a week later, I'm like, I'm going to finally fucking have one. It's like a nice day out. And I'm like drinking it. I'm talking to Kelsey. We're outside and I'm like, I'm bleeding. We're fucking bleeding. <laughs> and I like pull out a sliver of glass and I had like cut open my mouth because I didn't think of it that all the glass that broke in that box was still in that box. So those tiny little slivers of glass were still in there and because coke or pepsi is sticky it was like stuck to them so when you don't think about it you don't think to wash off a whole bottle of whatever you're drinking like you don't get a bottle of beer and wash it before you drink it no maybe because they were sticky though i might have like before i put them in the fridge maybe well it wasn't so sticky that like you couldn't hold it right like it was just whatever residue was on it held these like slivers of glass you couldn't see and then cutting my mouth open and i haven't rebought glass bottle pepsi since you're lucky though. You could have you could have swallowed it and cut your esophagus instead of your right. Yeah, mouth. I could have had to pee out glass or something. So I'm, I'm lucky I didn't. But well, to get back into the scene, he then says like you you know you're not doing this right. Like let let me do it. I want to sit where you are. And then it cuts to her pulling back into the drive-through, but backwards. So the passenger side is facing the window, and now he's getting into it even more with more absurd requests for drinks. He's asked for like a yoo-hoo, and a few, he, then he says like. Do you have anything with Baja Blast in it, like Mountain Dew or Pepsi? Like Mount, like they just add Baja Blast into things other than just the one flavor. If anything from the Welch's family, <laughs> when he asks about Yuhu, though, he asks if they have any milk water, like yeah, milk, water. <laughs> milk water, comma like Yuhu. I've never called on. chocolate milk milk water before. Well, because that's a chocolate drink. It's not actually it's not milk. milk. Yuhu, yeah. So it's like choco drink. The gallons when we were kids, that was the same thing. It wasn't milk. Oh, that's so gross. No, Yuhu from a can is delicious. I love you. The last time I had any chocolate milk was when I worked in the city. Still, somebody was outside giving out bottles of Nesquik and it was like, Hey, want a free bottle of Nesquik? And my friend, Jeff and I, Jeff who listens. Hey Jeff. We were like, yeah, we'll take free Nesquik. And we didn't think that like these people had been outside in the sun all day with backpacks full of Nesquik. We made it like two steps, took one sip and both were like, I'm going to die. Like, why did we do this? Somehow Joe is, again, Joe is bleeding. Yeah, <laughs> <was> bleeding. <laughs> like, give that kid the glass one. Yeah. And um, so finally he just lands on a water. After all this, he just ends up getting a water. And they tell him to pull up. And because she forgets that she went in the wrong way, drives forward and hits the car behind them in line. This is the best setup for a joke because I forgot they did oh, yeah, this story. Yeah, me too. I thought that was really funny. From there, she drives him to his place, and when he gets out of the car to walk out, she, like, honks at him to remind him that he forgot his stuff, but his knee-jerk reaction was to just <laughs> huck the water right at the window. So all this was for nothing. He got, like, a sip of water. Yeah. And 
That that one was good. He just he chucks it right at the windshield. She's like, "You forgot your stuff." <laughs> it wasn't even you forgot your stuff. It was you forgot all of your stuff in my all like of your everything stuff. Yeah. he had with him was still in the car. Was was a scooter in there too? You think? No, that, I don't think so. Uh, no, the scooter I think was probably got getting towed off. Yeah, got carted off by a truck. So now we're back at the rodeo and we see him backstage after the show and he's like just laying down smoking a cigarette and you just see that single tear rolling down his eye again it's very artsy dad a giant ash too like he's smoking a drug cigarette like when you smoke cigarettes if you ever put like drugs into your cigarette like you, you like pack a cigarette so there's like tobacco goes down if you like ever see somebody smoking a cigarette like that up that's usually because they put something in it he doesn't ever finish cigarettes so he keeps them so he's probably that's an old one he's relit well, the ash, though, is long. The ash wouldn't last if you relit an old cigarette. Yeah, it'd be the paper only. But now we're in the next morning, and Martha's back at his door. And he comes out and spanks, and what was the other thing he had on? It's like... It's a drug rug. He's dressed like Jerry yeah. Garcia for it's some reason. It's like a poncho, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. like wearing that with spanks on. <laughs> you never seen a guy in spanks. And she, uh, she wanted to give him a progress report on his scooter. And she says, uh, no progress, we're still waiting but offers to give him another ride. So at this point, you're like, oh, okay, so, like, she digs him? Like... I wasn't sure. That's how I felt at this point. If she's, like, le- like latching on to this guy and, like... I get the impression. I spend all it. this time with him, like... The first ride, okay, a little weird that she offers to give him a ride when it becomes errands, but now she's, like, at his house the next day with no update and offering to give him rides again. I think there's a little bit of, like, lonely, but I also think she has a crush on him. Yeah. I also... I assumed that... He's her only client because she's not that good at her job. That's not how I, I mean, I could see it that way, but it's not how I read it. I definitely read it as she's supposed to be like a long-term love interest. I meant to bring this up and apologies if I missed you talk about it. I looked away for a minute. Why does she have a Costco sign on her car? Because it's Costco insurance. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was right. the insurance company? I just yeah. thought it was yeah. one of those. No, she, yeah, she worked for Costco as an insurance agent and his, okay. his Vespa was insured by Costco. And that's oh, why Louis okay. Anderson's later says like gotta make costco <laughs> ah okay All right. well i figured that was product placement so i thought it was one of those like when you can put an ad on your car like so she just had like the costco ad on her car is like for money or whatever everyone's like, wearing kirkland jeans the whole time <laughs> <laughs> so now they're in the car driving to his mom's house and he's just trying to get that 40 dollars he needs to get hbo for his wife fiance we don't know where they're at at this point also, this is pre-HBO Max or whatever, but $40 for HBO, how far behind was she or how far ahead did she want to go? Because HBO is like $10 a month. Four months then. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, fuck you then, Jay. She's okay, living in a you. hotel, though. Maybe this surcharge is to get it on the hotel TV. Yeah, she's staying at like just a nicer. That's true. It could be $40 for the one month at the. Yeah. It's probably like one of those like the hotel pays for it, but then you're paying them for the service. It's not cable. It's HBO. Home box office. <laughs> Maybe she wanted to watch The Wire. Or Oz. Or Oz. He's being a little self-deprecating while they're having the ride, and she's trying to cheer him up and be a little bit more, like, glass half full. And he's like, do you always sit around all day just thinking of nice things to say to people? She's like, well, not necessarily during the day, but I do like to be nice to people. You should try it. He's like, well, I like how you took a shower curtain and made it into a dress. She's like, well, it's not a shower curtain, but thank you. <laughs> This part's very between two ferns. Yeah. The backhanded compliment insult. Like He definitely, I read that he was, a lot of the stuff for this show was stuff he wrote for the Between Two Ferns movie that didn't work. Oh. 
So I feel like these scenes are very much like this is this feels very you're right. This feels very much like a between two ferns sort of gag. Yeah. I'm gonna make one between two fergs once I clone myself. And then you wait long enough for the other ferg to get like a sense of humor and like grow. <laughs> like I don't think you get a ferg clone that pops out and it's like thirty seven. <laughs> That's a good question. I want to bring this up and we hadn't before. What was everybody's first introduction to Zach Galifianakis? Like we came into this show was everybody like the hangover? Like for me, it was the comedians of comedy movies from the early 2000s. Those like comedy tours of like him and Patton. I would say it's probably hang- the hangover. I had probably seen him before the hangover, but that is what really stuck for me was. I was about to say the same exact thing. I think that's probably where I was at. Was Between Two Ferns already running at that time? I don't think so. I think it was actually. I think. Yeah, it's been around a lot longer than you realize. Yeah. So, I mean, one of those two things, depending on when they came out. Uh, Between Two Ferns started, the first episode was January 08. So, I think that is after The Hangover. The first Hangover. The first Hangover came out in 2009. 2009, So Okay, so right around, so I probably saw The Hangover first. I will say, if nobody's seen it, though, check out The Comedians of Comedy. It's like a two-hour documentary. It's uh, him, Pat Oswalt. I've seen pieces of it, yeah. It's really great. It's like Maria Bamford and Brian Bassane. It's like a tour documentary of them with a lot of stand-up clips, and it's so funny. I think it's from like 2005, like right after we got out of high school. And somebody showed it to me around that time, because that's like the time of like everything being on DVD and getting DVDs being a big deal still. You know what the first thing I ever saw him in was the movie Out Cold. Oh, I forgot about that. Well, that's, that's right. That's a good call. Yeah. yeah. He has sex with a jacuzzi in that movie. That's the only thing that stuck with me. Oh. <laughs> Well, to get back into this, so we get to his mom's house, and his mother, Christine, is played by Louis Anderson. We talked about that earlier. I really liked how they he doesn't play that silly. Like, he's not being overly effeminate or anything like that. He's just playing it very normal. Everyone around him is, is acting the same, you know? So I, I really liked that it wasn't like a, like a big mama, like Medea, yeah. like earnest mother. Like, it was very, yeah. he just played it like, okay, I'm the mom. This is how I would do it. If you didn't know who Louis Anderson was, it wouldn't be a stretch to think that this was just a raspy old lady. Yes, I thought the same exact thing. It was if he wasn't famous, you might not realize it unless you were told. I think it's one of like the best pieces of acting we've seen on any of the sitcoms we've covered, to be honest with you. It's so it's such good acting. It's so believable. And like yeah. you said, I think cuz it's not going big for a dumb reason. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I aim for with my picks, you know. <laughs> There's a silliness that's attached to the fact that it's Louis Anderson. We, we've joked about Louis Anderson a million times on the show. But even that dulls away in, like, seconds. You know what I mean? Like, after the initial, huh, it's, it's Louis Anderson, that kind of just goes away. And you right, just accept yeah. that that's his mother. It, like, came back to me for the post credit scene during the um, yeah. credits. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I started laughing again. But, yeah, it really does just, like, win you over after five minutes. Taking a side here, Gordo, you seem to be going out of your way to not be entertained by this. Is there a reason why? I'll save it for my green lighter cancel. I genuinely, yeah, no. Wait, is it is it because Louis C.K.? Because you hate him? No. I don't think he no. knew that. No, I didn't know that. Again, I'll save it for the green lighter cancel. Okay. So to get back into it. First, his mom thinks that they're a couple, and they're both kind of quick to correct her. And then she asks Martha if he knows, if she knows that Chip's a clown. And when she asks, oh, what kind of clown are you? I was a little surprised in that 
Chip doesn't have like a good straight answer. He's kind of like fumbling his words and yeah. like, can't explain what a clown he is. I think he's embarrassed to say he's a rodeo clown. That's what I got. No, but it. but in that instance, you should say like, oh, I was trained in this and like, yeah, I, I yeah, but Le Clown Day, whatever, yeah, exactly. Like you know, I was into this French style of you know clowning. Like he could have, and he's like, I don't know, like regular clown stuff. I don't know if this is the scene you guys laughed at, but this scene where Louis Anderson just takes so long to chug a lemonade and then <laughs> and yeah, it up yeah. and then says that hit the spot i laughed so fucking because hard it's at so this. awkward because she's chugging it for a while and then just spits it everywhere it wouldn't be as funny if they didn't hold on her so long and the length of it is what makes it so funny i think I had to, I like, I very rarely have to do it, but I like, I had to pause and finish my laugh because I didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> it was just so random. It was like, it was just one of those, why? <laughs> why is she choking on the lemonade? Why are they like keeping it on this so long? It made me think that it was Louis just doing it because it was so long and there's no payoff joke to it that yeah. he just went for it and it was fucking hilarious. Everyone's like, oh, we're keeping that. Like, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> As they continue to talk from there, there's a point where, you know, she's still talking to Martha and he's trying to get out of the situation. So Chip kind of walks off and goes into the bathroom. He's like, oh, he always goes into the bathroom and just hides there. You see him just kind of sitting on the toilet and through the door, you can still hear Christine talking to Martha. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I hope it doesn't take any toilet paper, but I have a hundred rolls. You know, I got them at Costco and, you know, going on and on. It cuts to the two girls now like back in the um like the kitchenette area that they're in and christine's showing martha a photo album and this is when we find out that chip has a twin brother dale chip and dale yeah rescue rangers and um not only is he a twin but it's her first set of twins and then we see the other twins which we later find out are adopted which uh uh we see a picture it's like two like older like they're they're both like black guys with like froze and they're dressed up um from like i don't know if it was a graduation or whatever we find out that one's a race car driver and the other one climbed mount everest and how accomplished they are and when she's showing them like those two because they're like the better twins that she has like oh he has so many girlfriends he goes through them like i go through cheese i know that is (laughs) that was funny she's also when she's going through the picture she goes and that's a picture of ronald reagan near a picture of me like not together she just has a picture of reagan in there she asked him if uh she asked her if if martha has a photo album on she's like well not with me it's like well i bet you have some like you seem like a hoarder and i started, like when, when that part of the conversation a rat, yeah a pack yeah, that part of the conversation felt improvised the way um louis was was talking I feel like most of Louis' stuff feels improvised. The Reagan thing feels improvised. The chugging the lemonade feels improvised. A lot of these comments do. Man, Louis, R.I.P. What a treasure. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Also, Louis has a sitcom from the mid-90s, which we've never even discussed before, that we have to cover now. Not the cartoon, right? No, he just has a, a, I think it's called, like, the Louis Anderson Show. Okay. We'll cover the cartoon as well, though. I vaguely remember that. Oh, it's called the Louis Show. But we should also cover life with Louis. He's also the, the, the greatest host of Family Feud of all time. That's true. Gordo would argue on that one. I think Gordo's very firmly Team Steve Harvey. I love Steve Harvey. I mean, I love Steve Harvey, too. You've also never seen Top Gun, though, so I don't know if I could trust your opinion. But I've seen enough Family Feud to know that I liked Steve Harvey. I will say nowadays, and I love Louis Anderson, 
but because they always pop up as like random clips when you're on social media. Steve Harvey is a phenomenal family feud host. He has so oh, many funny clips. He's such a good mugger. Like he can look at yeah. the camera and make a face and make you laugh with the whole like he's so good at that. He's a very good talk show host. The new guy's terrible. It's just this boring guy that I don't know. Wait, Wait Steve like, Harvey's off it? He's Yeah, Steve Harvey's not the host anymore. It's some like boring guy. Huh. Yeah, that's crazy. I wonder why. Doesn't he own a part of it? Steve Harvey? I thought he did. I thought so, too. And there's a daytime and a nighttime one. Maybe that guy hosts a different version of it. Yeah, I bet when it's like the celebrity ones, I think Steve Harvey still does all those ones. But like, you know, the big names, the ones they put on primetime. I don't know. I, I've, I've seen this boring old white guy and he's terrible. And I'm like, oh, why, why, is, why are you the host? You had all these great iconic hosts one after another. And now it's this guy. Also, big wrestling show. They always get wrestlers on that and have since the 80s. To go back from afar, you see Chip, who's kind of listening in on Christina and Martha talking. I think he's just kind of heard enough of his mom kind of talking up her brothers and not so much him. And he's like, all right, let's get out of here. When they get outside, we find out now they're going to go to see his brother to get the money. And that's when we get the, it cuts to the commercial for Dale Basket's career college. And to Dale Basket, to describe that character, if you're familiar with Marty Huggins, <laughs> not so much that, but Seth Galifianakis in, in, in his comedy, he has a twin brother. But yeah, Marty yeah. Huggins is also kind of like in that realm, same kind of role he plays. But because Marty was also like a form of Seth Galifianakis. Okay. Which he describes as like a feminine and probably like racist character. Like that, like uh, when, when Zach has described him, said that he kind of is like, kind of hides his. He thinks that like Seth is probably gay, but he hides it by being like um, a little uh, stern with other things. In the commercial, it's. It's like a typical commercial for like a, like a low budget commercial for like a small business. And he's going over all the things you can learn at his career college, which is sports management, cell phone repair, learn how to become a legal guardian, ice cream truck repair, ice cream truck management, learn how to make homemade condiments, all kinds of chutney. <laughs> then this one where he goes to talk and he just fucks up. He's like, and he just goes back (laughs) you're forgetting the funniest part of this is that he's like duck walking across the screen he's like it's superimposed he's walking past himself every time he's like giving and then he stops and he looks at the camera it's fucking hysteric this is the part that made me laugh the most was him doing that the chutney the make your own chutney got me i'm sorry what's chutney Uh, it's it's like a like a jelly Okay. Best way to describe it, like a marmalade, jelly, chutney. My assumption was way off. I thought it was some kind of jerky. Chutney is usually fruit, vinegar, and sugar cooked down to a reduction with added flavorings. These may include sugar, salt, garlic, tamarind, etc. So yeah, if it looks like a... Like a savory jelly? No, not even. It, like, it can go both ways depending on what you're using it. Like, the pictures I'm seeing, like, some of it looks like a pesto, some of it looks like a jelly. Well, I love myself a pesto. Yeah, I had a so do I. surf and turf with pesto last night. Ooh. It was delicious. Surf and turf with pesto? What's the pesto go on? I put it on the steak and put it on the shrimp. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Just garlic or herbs and oil, and you put it on either of them. And basil. Mostly basil, yeah. <laughs> it's usually basil and a lot of, like, Parmesan. Yeah, and one of the, what, what's the nut that goes in it? Um, pine, pine nuts. nuts. Pine nut, yeah. Pine nuts are very unnecessarily expensive, though. So if you have to skip on the pine nuts, like, you can work around. It's an expensive nut. Said that once or twice before. <laughs> and uh, that the commercial also ends, if you, if you hear it, when it cuts away, 
to the actual scene, you can hear in the background, like, open to minorities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we cut to the lobby, and Dale walks in to greet the two, and when he finds out that Chip's there for money, he asks him if it's for more clown makeup. I forget how the conversation went from there, but he's like, if you're a clown, how come you don't have a red nose? He's like, not all no uh, clowns have red noses. <laughs> he does give him the 40 bucks, but it's kind of like, uh, not because he wants to help him. I think it's because he just wants to be better than him. What year did this show come out in? 2016. Okay, so 40 bucks isn't a lot of money. No, it's, yeah, it's pretty much the same. 40 bucks isn't a lot of money unless you're making $4 an hour. Yeah, and then it's True. a quarter of your week pre-tax. I did look up though a career college like that is about thirty three grand a year or, or thirty three grand in total. So it's about a quarter of what going to yeah. a university would be. Just in context, I thought that was interesting. So if you need to go to learn how to make a personalized license plate, you're gonna pay thirty three thousand dollars to do so. I made one. <laughs> I made it. I love that he has the weird southern voice too. So every time he makes a comment, you're just watching him. Like you're just watching Zach Galifianakis say. Like, it's one of those things where if you say it in an accent, it's not really you, so you can say things that are kind of harsher or something. Yeah, messed up, where he looks at her and he's like, oh, that's a cute top. Are you a real lesbian? <laughs> like, it's <laughs> fucking destroyed me. Like, it's just the accent that makes it funny. Because he goes, I thought I smelled a ponytail. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Why are they from the same place in middle California, and he, they're twins, and he has a southern accent? I don't know why the British people from Seattle. Oh, Frazier? oh, good lord! Yeah, so now now I accept all accents on any show. Also, he asked Martha where she got that dress, and as she's going to answer, he just like cuts her off and walks away. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. He's such a good character. I hope he's on it a lot more. From there, after they leave, Martha drops Chip off at Penelope's place, and when they park, she's asking him if he's still in love with her, and he says, "Well, she's not in love with me, and that's the important thing." And Martha starts to tell him a story about how she was in love with someone who didn't love her back. And again, mid-story, Chip just walks out <laughs> and shuts the door on her. You feel so bad for poor Martha. Yeah, she's so nice. I weirdly think Martha's a low-key babe, too. But yeah, now, after what I said earlier, but like going over this part again, yeah, it's clear that she's interested in him, just by this scene alone. So he goes to give her the $40, Penelope. Uh, he's at her door. And, like, as soon as she grabs it, she just shuts the door right in his face. She has a big glass door, so they can still see each other. But she won't even, like, ask him in or keep the door open to speak with them normally for, like, even a second. I get that she never really loved him or anything, but this seemed a little harsh. <laughs> like, he's delivering you money, and you won't even talk to him at the doorway for ten seconds? She's a woman who knows her worth. I just love that it keeps bringing up Arby's. He's <laughs> like, quit yeah. clowning and get a job at Arby's, will you love me? Yeah, because he's talking to her through the glass and asking her that. And, and when he asks, she just, like, looks at him for a second and then, like, kisses the glass and walks away. <laughs> Maybe at this point, because it's six months later, she can't stand him at all anymore. Where before she was putting up with him. I don't know. Yeah. Taking a wild guess. And then when she walks off, he just, like, kisses the other side of the window from, like, where her lip marks are. It's like doing, like, a prison visit. Oh, Billy. <laughs> oh, Billy, exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. After that, we cut to him back at work again, and he's sitting in front of the mirror where he puts on his makeup, typically. And he's kind of reflecting on everything that's been going on. And it's kind of a weird montage. I didn't really like how this cut. It was like all the clips from earlier in the episode of everyone saying things to him, like, you know, you'll never be a clown, and all, all these, like, mean things to him. But it just 
it was just like all stuff from like five minutes ago, so I didn't need that many recap clips. Yeah, like the second episode, that would have made more sense in. But I do appreciate it's so artsy, and it's almost like you're watching his like existential crisis happen. I think it would have been better. I can't. What was it? It wasn't done in just audio, right? No, it's clips too. Yeah, it's visual. No, they show the yeah. clips. I think if they had done just audio, it would have it would have came off better. I think they did this because it was supposed to be like the cliched like sports movie or stuff with like that's my magnum opus. I'm gonna do all this and like get away from the haters, but this just isn't that show. And you see what happens when he tries. Yeah, again, and I just think it would have it would have played a little bit better if if they just did the audio instead of the actual clip. Now we cut to the rodeo. And the announcer's like, here to sing the national anthem from the OJ trial, Kato Kalin. Fucking <laughs> died. I did not remember this. Yeah. I did not see that coming at And he's all. doing no. a terrible rendition of the song, which oh, obviously so is like comedically bad. Yeah. We talk about OJ so often. I was yeah. not expecting. I've totally forgot the Kato Kalin song. I just love when he's talking to the other guy. Though. He goes, one minute, I love this part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also looked up, because Kato Kalin has been, like, pretty consistently working. He does, like, reality shows and stuff. Yeah, but I looked up what his his newest role coming out is. He's playing the court reporter in a new show called, like, a judge show called Teen Court. (laughs) I found that so fucking funny. And I'm like, I'm watching Teen Court with Kato Kalin. There's no way I'm not watching that on, like, Razzle or some channel you've never heard of. Like, coming to, like, the Roku channel or whatever. Can I say that I thought that Kato Caitlin died. You can say it. <laughs> I thought he did. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think you're thinking of Nicole Brown Simpson. I think, yeah, I think you're thinking of everybody else. <laughs> I know she died, but there was another guy that died. Ron Goldman. Ron, Ron Goldman. Oh, okay. Kato Caitlin was the one who lived in like the guest house and could hear everything. He was like one of the star witnesses. Okay. Okay. That's maybe that's it. But that's I thought the one he OJ died. OJ couldn't get to. <laughs> Chip enters uh, the announcer area with a gramophone and he's asking him to play music for him when he comes out. And the announcer's like, no, he's like, I don't do any special music for any individual clown. And Chip's like begging him and he's telling him how this is going to be his last clowning and how he's going through a lot in his life right now. And he's like trying to bury a flower so it can like regrow. And the guy finally agrees. We cut back to Cato finishing his, um, his song and it goes black for a minute. And then we have the spotlight hit. And you see Chip in this like big classic, like kind of, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know enough about classic clowning, but this big widened, like kind of hula hoop wasted clown outfit. I believe it's called a Pierrot oh. outfit, if okay. my research was correct. Named after the clown Pierrot. I was looking up the same thing. Oh, oh perfect. Right. He's doing like a little clown act in this and um, they're playing like this old kind of classic French music is playing with like <laughs> lyrics over it. This is essentially the scene from Shawshank Redemption where Andy plays the uh, music over the speakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, did you all did you all see this payoff coming from like a yeah, mile of course. away? Yeah, uh, yeah. So he he has this um like a big basket on a long stick, and he's like kind of like letting it rain glitter on him, and everyone's like, "You suck!" Like screaming. These cowboys are not into this at all. And then out of nowhere, it's cut abruptly short when a bull just runs out and plows. <laughs> And as he's like laying flat on the ground, everyone starts to cheer. Can I say that when you said earlier about the way that this was shot, that it was kind of beautifully shot, this scene particularly was like A plus in like cinematography, in my opinion. The way that the glitter, the lighting, this was perfect. Yeah, I think the ability they got for the bull to run out of the darkness because you don't see it at all either. Right, (laughs) yeah. 
Yeah, like you don't see the bull until the very last second, which makes it work so much better, you know? After that, we cut to like later in the evening and he's in the dressing room just like icing his head. And that other clown tells him that that was some wild shit and I'll see you around. And as he's walking out, he passes that owner, Eddie, and he's like, oh, I uh, I quit. And Eddie's just like, okay, because <laughs> he's so used to people <laughs> quitting all the time. And then Eddie sits next to Chip and he's telling him like, hey, like, I guess that makes you like head clown now. Doesn't mean much, but, you know, you'll get a couple more bucks an hour. That's pretty good. A few dollars From more an four. hour. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, before Eddie leaves, he tells him, and I don't care for all that flotty da fancy France shit you're doing out there tonight. And he's like, but uh, just keep the bull hitting you and we'll do good. When he was doing that little dance as he's speaking, <laughs> like, it was so funny to me. Like, I, I love this guy. I feel like we missed out on, like, 60 years of this guy acting and stuff that would have been great. You know what I mean? He could have had the path of Leslie Nielsen. He could have. And he also could have been, like, the perfect, like, Vegas County Commissioner type guy in movies. Yeah. You know, like, he, if yeah. we dis- if somebody discovered that dude 40 or 50 years ago, we would have had, like, we would have thinking this dude is, like, this funny character actor. Imagine this dude's interplay 25 years ago with, like, Chris Farley in a movie. It would have been fucking amazing. When he's leaving, he says... See you later, Renoir. And he's like, and uh, that's when Chip replies, it's Baskets. Baskets the clown. So this is like the coming of age, right? Now he's accepting his life as Baskets. I thought it was weirder that Eddie called him Renoir. I, I, he earned his respect. Yeah, I thought <laughs> it was sweet. Yeah. He's the head clown now. Clown. Head clown in charge. Yeah, and you see him then just rollerblading down the street with um, the title Baskets appears like on the screen as he's rollerblading. So it was almost like this rebirth of him accepting that he's Baskets now. Any guy rollerblading is funny to me. <laughs> I, did you guys I, think it was weird for the title to pop up? Because we're like, yeah, I and was the twenty-five say that. minute episode is like twenty-something minutes in, and now I it's thought, I thought it was the end. And then me I was too. Like, oh, wait a minute, never mind. <laughs> I was like, does this does this show have like crazy long credits? I don't remember yeah. having like super long credits. Now we cut to the next day, and Martha shows up at Chip's place, only now with the new scooter, and he's like, oh, it's impressive, and she goes. Oh, I meant to tell you, I lost my virginity at this motel. He's like, what room? 13? Okay, good. I also like that she remembers the room number that she had sex in for the first time. I just like that she's like, I need to spice up my conversation with them, you know, before, you know, I lose them because now we're all done here. So she's trying to get sexual with her um, conversation. She's so sweet, though. She has a bow on the new bike and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, oh, I guess this is all the business together um, we have, unless you want me to keep taking you places. And he's like, uh, no, thanks. Like, thank you. But no, no, thanks. It's like, okay, bye. And then just drives right into the scooter, which I assume this was intentional, right? Yeah. I don't know, because she did it in the drive-thru. So she's just yeah. aloof. I figured that was foreshadowing for this. Here I'm thinking she wants to keep him around. It makes sense for it to have been intentional, but she's also kind of dumb. Right. I knew it could go either way. That's why I asked. Because to me, it felt intentional. I think it was because she wants to stay with him. Yeah, I felt intentional, but I'll, it could have also been like the universe is putting them back together, right? Because they're supposed to be with each other. No, I, I get why you think it would be intentional. I just, I think this character is supposed to be the one like good natured, like I don't think she has an evil bone in her body that she would do that to get her way. She's a pushover. And that's when he's like, well, um, yeah, I guess come pick me up at 8 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> And then there was like, so that was the end of the episode, but then we have like the scene during the credits, which um, you guys mentioned earlier, and it's back to Christine, his mother, and Martha from when they were going through the photo album. And I feel like it's just B-roll, like extra stuff they had. Yeah, like they had 20 seconds to fill. 
And it was like, oh, look at this one. It's just a picture of like a young chip playing in a box. Like, look, he's in a box. He thought it was a toy. I should have known he was going to be a clown. Look at him. He's an animal with a box. (laughs) And then she's like, oh, that's cute. How old was he there? And she's like, who knows? (laughs) I thought the joke there was going to be like 22. (laughs) But who knows works way better. Like, I don't like who gives a fuck. Yeah. I didn't know he was going to be a clown. I love a good sticker scene, and that was a good, even for, like, B-roll, that worked well. I bet you there's, like, hours of that, too. Like, just tons of this. If, if that was all improv, oh, I'm too, sure. Like, we said earlier we thought he improved a bit, so, like, I could see there being a lot of, like, extra footage of him just kind of going off. I will say this, and we've talked about it before, I think we're, like, I love the idea that we have everything streaming and it's so easy to get everything, but the one thing we lost by, like, the DVD box set was, like, the disc of extras that would have just been yep. like everybody riffing right like and now you're like channels don't put that stuff up there which i wish they would right like there should be a section of like oh do you want to watch bonus features because that's what sold dvds and blu-rays for the most on, part on right? demand has some of that stuff like if you go to a series after you go through all the episodes there'll be extras at the bottom Some sometimes sometimes I feel like more companies need to be on board with like youtube and stuff and put that stuff out there because it just clicks you know yeah. what I mean? it, it just it just brings attention to your product, you know what I mean? Especially if it's, like, deleted scenes and stuff. I could see that being, like, an Instagram or, like, a Twitter or something. To, to go back to when you were talking about DVDs, like, I remember when DVD players first came out and renting DVDs and being so amazed by that. The fact that there were deleted scenes or there would be, game, like, the worst games, like, just dumb shit. But like, they were just trying to, like, test the waters on, like, what they could do with this stuff. I love commentary tracks. To this day, I'll still watch them all the time. I still buy a fair amount of Blu-rays and stuff because you'll get like the bonus and crazy editions that have all this stuff, right? That's not going to be anywhere else still. Yeah, but my wife's always like, you're going to watch the movie again now with commentary? It's like, you'll learn so much. <laughs> and like, You never learn that much, but it's always super interesting, you know? And that was, I mean, that was a whole episode. I don't know if you guys had any other tidbits or things you wanted to mention on this. There wasn't a lot of extra information other than the fact that Louis Anderson's character was, I forget the actress's name, but they did have a, a female actress in mind. And then, for whatever reason, it was a scheduling conflict. And then, I think it was Louis C.K. who, when he was pitching it, he was talking to Zach Galifianakis. And he was like, you know, he's like, I, there's like a, I hear Louis Anderson's voice in my head when I think of this character. And they're like, well, let's just ask Louis Anderson if he wants to do it. And that's kind of how that came to be. Did he win a, he won a Golden Globe for this role? He won some awards. Yeah, he won an award for it. He, I've seen his acceptance speech, and he's like, he says basically like, I always like wanted to win one of these i didn't know it would be from playing a woman and all this other stuff and like he gets choked up yeah he gets choked up right and he said that he was basically trying to play it as his mom so i think there's probably some emotion there too where he's like basically trying to channel his mom who's passed you know and do the character as her yeah but as the show goes on i mean she louis becomes like his mother mom basket whatever becomes such a huge part of the show where like entire storylines there are episodes that are just about her and, like, she ends up getting married, right? So, like, Louie, like, really does work on this. Like, it's really, really impressive with some of the episodes. And it's always funny, too. But, like, it's also sweet. And, like, it's just a really crazy good performance through the whole series. All right. Well, yeah. I, I guess that's everything. Uh, we, <laughs> we've pretty much covered it all at this point. So, nothing left to do but the Green Lantern cancel. Uh, because we already know how he's voting. And I'm curious as to why. Gordo, we're going to start with you. Yeah, this is uh, one of the easiest cancels i've ever made 
on this show, and I'm not even being hyperbolic. <laughs> Just make up a word. Yeah, uh, I think hyperbolic is where you're going with that. <laughs> sure, sure, whatever you want to say. I did not laugh a single time in this show. It was too. Maybe the hu- the humor 100% missed with me. It was way too dry and not enough like slapstick things that they played straight for me. I did not laugh a sing. It felt like a drama. It did not feel like a comedy at all. I didn't understand why we were doing it. And towards the end of the show, I was watching and my wife was across the way. And she goes, what the fuck are you watching? That sounds horrible. And I went, it is horrible. And I can't believe that somebody made me actually watch this show. I don't ever want to see this again. Nuke it off the planet. Cancel. Gordo, just to be sure again, you did greenlight Homeboys from Outer Space, correct? And the Big Show Show. And the Big Show Show! 100% better than this. You're a serial killer, and I'm not friends with you anymore. <laughs> this is not a comedy. You taste like a burger. I don't it's like you very anymore. very much a comedy. It's a dark it's a comedy. comedy. It's I would say it's not a sitcom. It's a dark it's comedy. Not. So. I'll lean with you that it's on the line of sitcom, but we've done Agreed. other shows like this. But to say it's not a comedy is just asinine. Like It's definitely a comedy. You didn't even laugh at Louis spitting up the water? You no. even said during this thing, you said, I didn't laugh once just now. You've said in this episode, and Jake can find it later. I was going to. He said he laughed during he, he laughed during the uh, the commercial. He said he did. Yeah, that okay, fine. The the <laughs> one part that did. Okay, but like it was it was more of a ha ha ha. It wasn't like a belly laugh like you guys seem to do. You guys seem to chuckle like fucking chuckles the clown throughout the whole episode. I did not I was not amused. It was too It's chuckles the clown. <laughs> it was too dramatic. It was shot way too artsy. I think if this had been a classic three camera sitcom, it might have been a little better. But like it I just no. No, this is not it. That's gonna be a no from me, dog. No. Alright, uh Ferg. Well <laughs> So I laughed the entire time. I thought every part of the show was funny. But just the fish out of water with him being in France. <laughs> Them all hating him cracked me up. And then him taking what he learned in France and bringing it to, like, the country pot of California, doing it for, like, cowboys. That's more fish out of water. That cracked me up, too. I, I love a good dark comedy. Great cast. I love all these characters. I'd love to see more. And, yeah, so it's easy green light. I enjoyed the show. I didn't know what to expect. Did not expect what we got, but pleasantly surprised, nonetheless. So, green light. Nick. Yeah, I I had no expectations for this show. <clears throat> I didn't even realize what it was until I clicked play on it. I I was once Zach Galifianakis showed up, and I was like, oh, okay, so this is what we're doing. This the the concept for this show seems like a fever dream come true, right? Like it's just like a uh, we have a guy who wants to be a clown, but he's not really that great at it. He's studying in France, but goes broke, and then goes to become a rodeo clown back home. It's just such a wild concept on paper, but it worked really well. Like, I mean, Zach Galifianakis kills it. The supporting cast is great. The story is intriguing. Like, I want to see what the hell happens with this guy. It went four seasons, you said, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun watching this. I thought it was, like I said, a really interesting concept, and it, it's very well executed. I, I laughed a lot, and uh, I'm curious, you know... W- <laughs> Oh, this guy's clowning goes. So yeah, green light for me. I want to see what happens. Joe. 
I don't think it's a surprise here. I'm not going to align myself with Spackle on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a weird show. It's dark. I agree. It's It does feel not very sitcom-y at times, but Gordon even said it was shot really beautifully. I think a lot of the jokes work. I love awkward and dark humor, personally, and I think that Louis is so good in this that it just elevates everything to it. And just the weird side characters. Like, I love Eddie. I think that's one of the best parts of the whole show. The surrealism of Zach Galifianakis playing his own twin and you getting to do that, like, see that play out and having it be so weird that it does feel almost like an adult swim character from 15 or 20 years ago. I watched all of this when it came out. I can't see a can of Schweppes and not laugh in the grocery store. It's a green light for me. Yeah, so I'll say for me, there was a little point where I was a little conflicted and not because I didn't like the show because I was kind of at that. I don't know if we're rating this properly because I, it's super not a sitcom. It's to me, it's like the least sitcom of all the shows we've done that we've said are not sitcom, but I really enjoyed it. So I'm, so I'm good with it on that regard because you look at it and you take like a little bit of comedic elements away and it's like not even shot or that different in portrayal than like a show like master of none, which is not a comedy at all. But this one was, it was a comedy and I enjoyed it. I thought the actors were really great. I like that style of humor too. I'm very curious to watch the rest of this point. Will I, who knows? Cause I never end up watching anything I say I'm going to watch, but I do. I did, I did like this and, and would like to see more of it. And uh, so it's a green light from me. So that being said, four out of five for baskets. Congratulations. You live on to a second episode. Sorry. Gordo hates you so much, but um, that four out of five is enough for us. So still champ Berg. It's not a game. Thank you to everybody who listens. Uh, go to S1E1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to everywhere where you can listen to us, all our social medias, like review, subscribe, comment, all that stuff. Uh, interact with us, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter. We like talking to you guys. We reply to all your messages. Give us suggestions, shows you want to see, but that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. See you again next week. Thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best Costco insurance. <laughs>